Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. This is M. I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us once again for another edition of MIP. Have a very uh, special guest with us today. And you all know I'm a politics person and a numbers person. Um, and I think it's time that we have this conversation, especially with what's going on out here. A great deal of, of Asian hate, anti-Asian violence and, and what have you. So I want to talk to someone who is one of the very few uh, Asian American Pacific Islander women pollsters in America. And she happens to work for an organization known as HIT Strategy. She's a founding partner, uh, chief research officer and COO too, I believe. Am I right about that? Yes. So she's wearing a lot of hats. We're honored uh, to have her. And they've been doing a lot of work in terms of polling Americans and others, and particularly um, millennials, and Gen Zers like myself, okay? So uh, uh, don't laugh at me, Roshni. Uh, <laughs> but we're happy to have with us, Roshni Nedungadi is with us here on Make It Plain. Roshni, welcome to MIP, how are you? Thank you so much for having me, doing well, doing well. It's a, it is a pleasure, in fact, to have you. 
I, I want to just start out with something you tweeted the other day, and I guess some polling you all have looked at, and you asked a question. Have you or anyone you personally know experienced any anti-racist or anti-Asian comments or behavior as a result of the spread of the coronavirus here in America? It was um, uh, 40% overall and 34%, I believe, for men, but 46% for women. Talk to us a little bit about that information and, and how you came by it and, and interpret it for us, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. And so this was actually a poll that we did specifically in Michigan among Asian American Pacific Islander and also Middle Eastern respondents in Michigan. And it's something that AAPI people around the country have been um, been noting with increased incidents over the last year or so, ever since the emergence of coronavirus, and ever since Donald Trump tried to, Donald Trump and other Republicans tried to blame it on the Asian community and on, on, on Chinese immigrants specifically, there's been a rise in, uh, in anti-Asian sentiment that people have been experiencing in America. And, and I think this poll, which was taken just, a, just about a month ago, we, we got out of the field with this poll in Michigan, uh, highlights the severity of what's going on with 40% of the Asian population there in that state, uh, either experiencing personally or knowing someone who has experienced anti-Asian racism. And of course, like you said, that number is higher among women in the state. It's also higher among young folks in the state who I think are experiencing it at much higher levels online as well. So first of all, why Michigan? You, 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 you focused on Michigan, why so? Mm -hmm. Well, the poll that we did was uh, was done in Michigan in partnership with the Michigan Asian American Progressives. And they're an organization that's on the ground uh, trying to harness the voting power of Asian Americans, the civic engagement of Asian American and Pacific Islanders and, and Middle Eastern folks uh, in the state as well. Right. And, and that is that that is that population there. Um, yeah. um, uh, uh, so was there. So the question was generally, and I'm building up to something, the question was generally uh, whether or not they've experienced it as a result of the spread of the coronavirus. Did you all focus on any period of time or just generally since the advent of coronavirus was the question? Yep, we had just done since the advent of coronavirus. So within the last year or so, had they experienced uh, any increase in racism? What is what's scary to me, um, Roshni, we know, obviously, that Trump incited mm -hmm. all of this. What's mm -hmm. fair is that he's gone. And for all, for all intents and purposes, has been deplatformed. And it says, it's kind of scary that it says a lot that people are, are carrying out these types of incidents and crimes and making these statements in his absence without him even being seen and heard to do it. It's almost as if they're they're on their own picking up where he left off, you know? Yes, absolutely. And and actually a national poll uh, sometime last year before the election saw that Asian American voters saw 58% uh, of Asian American voters thought that uh, anti-Asian sentiment had increased under Trump's uh, under Trump's four years in office. So yeah. while we asked in Michigan specifically over the last year, this this sentiment has been growing and this underlying feeling of being unsafe in the Asian American community has been growing over the last four years as a result of Donald Trump. Um, but let's be clear too, when people make racist statements and carry out racist acts, 
you know, we know it's because we are all others, but we also know people fear mm-hmm. our political power, don't they? Exactly. And the API community kicked butt in November at the polls and in Georgia in a special election, didn't they? Yes, absolutely. Turnout was through the roof uh, in AAPI communities around the country. Um, in fact, in Michigan itself, turnout was increased by 93% from 2016 among AAPI voters. And um, uh, if you if you all remember the margin for Michigan in 2016, Trump won by about 10,000 votes in Michigan. And this increase in AAPI turnout in 2020 results in an additional 73,000 votes. So you could say that they were the margin of difference there for sure in the state uh, in order to propel Joe Biden to victory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, you know, I had read somewhere there were like a a quarter of a million Asians, Asian voters, API voters in Georgia alone that helped to make the difference in November and then again in January. Yes, there were, uh, and especially uh, in in districts Georgia 6 and Georgia 7, uh, AAPI voters certainly helped to make the margin of difference there in Georgia in, Georgia in November and also in January. Their increased turnout in Georgia was helpful in flipping the Senate. So, so again, we're talking in general, but you, again, you focus on, on young people. So I'm mm-hmm. sure those numbers are even skew higher when it comes to Gen Z and millennial AAPI voters, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, in uh, 2020, we saw a 350% increase in AAPI turnout nationwide among 18 to 29 year olds, uh, Asian American 18 to 29 year olds. So while that is also a very, very exciting thing, a 350% increase, it means that they weren't turning out before. And that's pretty concerning going into 2022 into a midterm election with less enthusiasm without a figure like Donald Trump at the top of the ticket. We have to make sure that we are keeping those young AAPI voters engaged and make sure that we're maintaining that level of turnout going into next year. Yeah. So first of all, be clear, folks, you know, this ain't just about no flu or no COVID or whatever you want to call it. People see the power in these communities and the ability to change the political landscape. All right. So that's that's all. There's always something very tangible like that behind some of this uh, racist behavior. Um, And and you, too, have have been outspoken vis-a-vis some of the polling work hit strategies has done. In in what you just said, in terms of of being sure the Democratic Party is engaging, doing a better job of engaging Gen Z and millennials overall, but especially now um, at this moment for the AAPI Gen Z millennial electorate, correct? Yes, exactly. Um, In a poll that was done, uh, in the American Election Eve poll that was done post-election, 50% of AAPI voters nationwide said that they had not been contacted at all by the Democratic Party. And 58% said that they hadn't been contacted by any local organizations on the ground. So while there was huge turnout, it was because of this like existential dread that the Asian community was facing uh, in the face of Donald Trump. 
it's going to be so important that uh, Democrats and local organizations actually engage with the community this time around and make sure that they are working to turn out these voters. Wait a minute, you had that turnout that high? <laughs> and yet people had not even been raised. So then the turnout probably would have been 800%. If exactly. Some outreach, right? Yes, and in fact, 40% uh, of eligible AAPI voters didn't even turn out in, in uh, 2020. Right. So we're missing a huge chunk of these voters still. Uh, yeah. I can't even imagine what the turnout would have been if if we were able to contact them all. You read my mind. That was my next question in terms of how much we we know about how many were missed. So that's 40 percent. That's a big number. Mm -hmm. That's a big number. And, and it says a lot about how much more engagement needs to happen. Well, if there were ever a moment for people to be engaged and listen to it, it's right now, isn't it? I, I, I believe so. And, you know, it doesn't take that much to engage the community. They really just want to know that there are there are people and organizations out there who are listening and advocating for their interests. And, and just knowing those simple things, knowing that there are organizations looking out for their community, like the Michigan Asian American progressives who, who we conducted this poll with, increases their sense of political and civic efficacy and increases their sense of voting power, just knowing that there are organizations like that out there. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. take that much work. More MIP after this message. Hey there, this is Christina Gonzalez, and I'm so excited for you to check out my new podcast, Politics of Food. On this show, we explore the political, economic, and social implications of food creation and consumption, both locally and worldwide. Should we eat first or should we protest first? Like, okay, <laughs> let's organize, let's talk to the press, let's get our word out, and then let's sit down and eat. Follow Politics of Food with Christina Gonzalez at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Now, so when we talk about the AAPI community, um, that's pretty broad. Yes. Um, and so my question to you is, and I think we would all be well informed by this, how, especially this time, how unified does that community consider itself? You know, Trump was speaking, shall we say, to a, a specific section, so to speak, of the Asian community. Mm -hmm. But but we talk about the AAPI community as a whole. Is the AAPI community as a whole as unified around these issues as the acronym would suggest? Well, look, we are a very, very diverse community, as you said, but it's not just the uh, the increase or the sentiment against Chinese Americans that's been happening over the last year. We've been feeling it in different levels, I mean, for years and years and years. What happened in Atlanta two weeks ago was horrific. About 10 years ago, there was a shooting in uh, Oak Creek in Wisconsin targeting Sikh Americans. There have been so many other incidents targeting the AAPI community. So while it seems like this is just targeting one group or, or, or you know, one ethnic group it, it it it's not and and it's an it's a it, it's something that has carried through over the years so yeah yeah no i i i agree and every opportunity we can take to to draw parallels in order to uh foster unity yes. is what we ought to do um and and 
you know, that's 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 very, very important. Now, tell us a little bit more about Hit Strategies. Yeah, so we are a full service research firm started by my business partner, Terrence and I, a couple of years ago because we really wanted to draw attention to these communities that, that we call the emerging electorate. So young voters, communities of color, women, who we felt were very much underrepresented in a lot of political research. For instance, in the past, when uh, folks wanted to target people of color, they would target them as one group. But we really believe in disaggregating this data, looking at black voters, splitting that up by young black voters and older black voters who think and vote very differently, splitting it up by black women, black men who also think and vote very differently. Uh, looking at a, a poll of entirely Asian Americans in Michigan and making sure we're disaggregating by ethnicities, by age, by gender, so that we understand these communities and know how to best position them. Yeah, no, that's that's very, very important. Do you well, let me ask this first. So I also noticed in some other polling you had done, you looked at some things generationally mm-hmm. and found that there were some different priorities, yes. weren't they, when it comes yes. to different issues? Can you break that down a little bit for us? Yeah. So uh, th- thinking specifically about Generation Z and millennial voters, there are very different priorities among these two groups. Um, where millennial voters who who now go up to age 40 are are experiencing the second recession of their adult lives, um, they have much more economic-related policy priorities. How are we going to afford a house? How are we going to afford a car? How are we going to pay back our student loans? You know, these are things that we've been dealing with for many years now. Whereas Gen Z is uh, currently uh, goes up to age 24, very much social justice related. And I think we could see that last summer in some of the Black Lives Matter protests with Gen Z folks out there leading the charge. Um, But one of their three key issues um, that we've pulled over the last couple of months has been police brutality. And they really want to see action on police brutality. And they rank some of these economic concerns uh, that millennials are focused on a little bit lower on their priority scale comparatively. And the issues of, of race as as being very, very important. Um, yes, to both which, generations. Which, which is a blessing and a curse. I mean, it's troubling that, that people are dealing with that, but it's comforting because if people have it on their priority list, then they're likely to want to do something about it, right? Yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and that's exactly uh, what needs to happen. Do, um, well, what advice or, or, or are you seeking in your ongoing polling and research, you know, what the Democratic Party needs to do in order to hear the voices of uh, the AAPI community? What advice do you think would the AAPI community in any generation mm-hmm. give to the Democratic Party? Is it a way to, to, to discern that or quantify that through your research? Yeah, I think it's just that they need to reach out and make sure that they communicate with these voters, make sure that they understand that they're not alone, that there is a party that's advocating for them and that would like to bring them along in the political process. And over the years, we've heard, you know, it's very complicated. Uh, it's, it's hard to get enough sample to make inferences. It's hard to make translations for all of the different languages in the community. 
but it's really not. It's very simple to collect this data, to, to understand it, and then to make sure that we're just providing simple resources, voting guides, uh, information about candidates, information about how to vote and where to vote in language to some of these communities uh, across America in, in like very key districts for the election when we're thinking about Michigan, when we're thinking about Georgia going into 2022, thinking right. about Texas, it's going to be really important to engage these voters. So what's what's the next research you're working on? What's the next poll that you all are, are looking at? We have quite a few in the field right now, but we're hoping to dig a little bit deeper into the AAPI community nationally so that we can understand, uh, dig a little bit deeper into messaging and understand how to mobilize them going into 2022. Yeah, because that's the thing, people, you know, I mean, that's the real process. We saw people come out the way they did in 2020, but now the challenge is to make people's voting behavior in 2022 and beyond second nature. Yeah. You know, like Georgia, people don't even, I mean, white voters don't even vote in special elections. So what we saw in Georgia was an anomaly, but we have to keep that habit up. And especially now with all the voter suppression tactics that are in place, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, something kind of compelling, folks, I just want to point out, as Roshni was talking about the increase in voters, I want to be sure I heard you correctly, 93% increase in November for the AAPI community. Did I hear that right? In Michigan, specifically. In Michigan, in Michigan. okay. Yeah, right. 71% overall. Overall. And then what was it for, for Gen Z and millennials? It was up over 100% increase? Yep, 350% for 18 to 29-year-olds. Y'all hear that? However. In battleground states. In battleground states. However, yep. uh, Roshni retweeted something uh, from the National Council of Asian Pacific Americans, a graphic. In spite of those increases, anti-Asian hate crimes from 2019 to 2020, increased by 114% in LA, 133% mm -hmm. in Boston, 150% in San Jose, 200% in Philly, and 833% in New York City. So this is political power versus hate. And if we do what we need to do, the political power will win. And we've got to continue to organize. Listen, it's interesting what you just said, this whole thing about languages and what the Democratic Party need to do. At this point, all that, if they can't do that, it's just lazy. This is 2021. And the resources and the technology exist to get that organized in a in a in a minute. And so that that needs um to definitely happen. This has been very informative. This is great. And anything we can do to help promote what you guys are doing or be in any way helpful, let us know. Lastly, how I mean, as you mentioned, Democratic Party has got a lot to do. Nevertheless, how does it feel um, for you, Roshni, or to you and to others you know, uh, to have uh, an AAPI as and a woman as vice president? Uh, great. I am a big <laughs> Kamala Harris fan, and I cannot wait to see what she does in the position. Yeah, yeah. It's very uh, inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although it's interesting, you know, I guess you saw uh, Tammy Duckworth and Mays Hirono say, well, now, wait a minute, we ain't going to have just one. Yeah. You can just give her, <laughs> give that to us and be like, that's going to check all the, because she checks about six boxes. And they were like, nope, <laughs> we need some others too. And I'm glad they stood up for that because that's yes, really absolutely. So, so wonderful. Well, 
we're all proud uh, and, and all of that. So folks, check out Hit Strategies and keep up with what they're doing and uh, keep up with what our guest is doing. And Roshni, of course, keep us posted about all of this, okay? Yes, absolutely. We're at HitStrat on Twitter and would love to come back yeah. and talk talk polling anytime. Yeah, please, please. We, we'd love to have you back. Hit Strat on Twitter, Hit Strategies on Instagram and on the uh, and the uh, website hitstrat.com, uh, right? Yes. All right, wonderful. Thank you so much, Roshni, okay? Thank you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.